Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Housing Wire Daily. I am James Kleiman, the managing editor, filling in for Sarah Wheeler today. And we are joined by Bill Conroy, senior reporter at Housing Wire. And we're going to talk about a few pretty big subjects in the housing space. One, bank failures. Two, mortgage rates and their expected movement. Three, the health of the independent mortgage banks. And four, how 2023 is shaping up. But before we dive in, here is a quick word from our sponsor, Ice Mortgage Technology. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, talking with Matt Dowd, Vice President of Product Management at Ice Mortgage Technology, about mortgage automation. Matt, where do you see the biggest opportunity to streamline the process? Well, I think we've already made significant strides in automating underwriting, but there's certainly room for improvement. I think the further advancements you're going to see will come in the areas of using artificial intelligence and more machine learning to improve the accuracy and the efficiency of underwriting. But Underwriting is just part of the process. I think it's prudent for a lender to look at the holistic picture and the entire borrower journey from the point of thought through post-closing. So, you know, do you have an appropriate loan application that's easy to use? Look at your closing process, look at your servicing compliance, really look at every aspect of the business to the borrower journey, because ultimately you want to provide an exceptional experience for that borrower. That is so important. And listeners, you can find out more at icemortgagetechnology.com. Hey, everybody. I am joined by Bill Conroy, the senior mortgage reporter here at Housing Wire. Uh, Bill, we got a lot to cover. It's been really, I mean, it's been like the craziest year in mortgage, arguably, in, in you know, maybe since the last year that it was also crazy for very different reasons. And uh, But I want to get to so much stuff because we've had bank failures. We've had lots of consolidation in the industry. We've had reports about IMBs going under. We've had, you know, lots of speculation about where rates are going to be. So, so much to cover. I want to start out really with, with uh, you know, the bank failures. So I believe it's March 10th that Silicon Valley Bank goes under. And then two days later, New York-based Signature Bank suffers the same fate. Regular, regulators take it over. You know, there's a bank run. Depositors don't know if they're going to be uh, reimbursed, you know, many of which... Um, I, I think we'd have good reason to think that the federal government wouldn't rescue them, right? You know, because the FDIC does have a limit on on deposits, and you know, it's it's kind of a crazy, crazy month, right? And and there's this fear of contagion that what happened to these two banks could happen to all kinds of other banks, and and this would affect the mortgage industry because, as you know, everything is interconnected, right? So why don't we start there? Maybe could could you start with you know explaining what happened? The federal government has a strategy to take over the affected banks, the guarantee deposits. It calms everything down, but how have the independent mortgage banks that you know are are the vast majority of the mortgage business in America at this point? How are they affected by these bank failures? 
like everything, it's complicated. Uh, and I'll try to boil down what I was told. This is based on uh, interviews I've done recently and stories with a number of, of industry experts, including David Stevens, who's a consultant. He used to run the MBA and and uh, head of you know the uh, some of the banking independent banking uh, associations uh, <clears throat> and some of their experts, as well as just you know industry players in the secondary market and mortgage lenders. Right, I've I've been talking and and you know getting consensus is is difficult in the industry and you know predicting the future is nearly impossible. But what appears to be at least uh, happening now, uh, at least some somewhat of a, a, I would say, a consensus is that the the banking crisis, can we call it that, actually might benefit in, in, in more than hurt the IMB industry, um, and uh, this is why. And and we're seeing it. Our, we're seeing it already with with rates now. Rates, you know, have have dropped. I, close to half a point, right? If we look at what's coming out today, if we're looking at the thirty years, like six point one right now. You know, I, I think it was it was about seven a month it ago. Dep- yeah, I mean, yeah, and it depends where you measure it from. Like I look at the Freddie thirty year, but there's different, as you know, and then there's the actual what's out in the market. But it, but the the ratios are the same, so it it's dropped precipitously, and 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 part of why that's that's happening. I mean, uh, nobody can really predict rates, but part of why uh, it's expected that it's happening is what's with the banks. It's really affected the the smaller and mid-sized banks, the large money center banks, the, you know, the top 25 largest huge banks in the country. They've actually, they're, they're seeing deposit inflows. People are flocking to them because they see them as safer, sure. right? Um, and they're, they're just, for whatever reason, the banking industry and the regulators let this kind of, kind of slip by, but there, there just started to be a big pileup of uninsured deposits. To a lot of these banks, uh, for various reasons, cost of funds, cost of deposits for the banks are really low. So the banks are kind of getting hit with a double whammy where you got deposit fear, right? Depositor fear, uh, in, in some of the reason there's, they're over the limits is a lot of these, they're like payroll accounts and business accounts. So they're, 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 they're just more than the $250,000 insured amount. Right. So right. these aren't moms and pops, you know, most of Silicon Valley banks. Exactly. Customers. And, 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 you know, yeah. there's been a, a a deposit outflow from these smaller community to mid-sized banks, uh, some of it to money market funds, a lot of it, some of it to the bigger banks. So that's going on a, a deposit bleed, though it's slowed down some. At the same time, the cost of funds, the cost of deposits is going up because of the interest rate environment. It's been, you know, banks are always slow to, to, to raise the for various reasons, obvious reasons, it costs them more. But they're having to do it now to, to, to attract deposits. So they're, they're they're feeling a net margin squeeze because of that reason. That everyone pretty much expects will lead to a lending contraction in in the banking industry. They're going to pull in their horns. Um, and uh, Goldman Sachs said that it has the equivalent effect of a, a, a twenty five to fifty basis point rate hike right on the economy. And so. The prediction is the Fed's done, and the markets are kind of showing that. You know, I mean, the rallies that that's. I mean, there seems to be now. No one knows the Fed could, can do what it, what it's going to do. It's looking at a lot of things, a lot. You know, the economic figures, but basically, there is some 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 strong argument that the Fed is done, and that's why we're seeing this rate rally. And that's going to lead to yeah, more mortgages if it continues. They're they're 
the prediction is it could get as low as 5.3% by year's end and into the 4% range next year. And there's even a formula. Uh, Stevens pointed out that the the spread between the 10-year treasury and, and the um, uh, 30-year rate, 30-year mortgage rate is, is like been about 300 basis points when it should be half that. And if you if you look at that and and cut a, a point and a half off of uh, um, you know where rates are now, you get down to you know the the five even the the high fours at the, at this point. And he says the reason that that there's such a huge spread right now is there's so much volatility in the market, and a lot of that is being caused by the Fed and its rate hiking campaign and the whole unpredictability of how fast, when, and how much, right? And, and right. once they- the Jobs, the health of the economy, and, and and so many other factors. Yeah. So once once they stop, game game changes big time. And particularly if they think we're sliding into a recession and they start you know, to slowly pull rates down a bit, although the indicators are now that that, that might, that's not expected to happen this year. But the point is, even if they stop, the, it just it just takes so much volatility out of the market, and it and it's you know it's it's kind of locks in allows the 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 rates the mortgage rates to settle in uh, should allow them to settle in where they really should be. So we sh- you know the MBA is predicting five point three percent by year's end. Right, and, and we know from consumer behavior that the the likelihood that somebody is going to pursue maybe not a refi given how many people you know refied in in twenty 2020, twenty and twenty twenty one. Um, but we know that that means the purchase market could really boom in the fives, whereas it just, it's not possible in the sixes when so many of the individual housing markets, you know, that the cost of finance is so high, you know, home prices, even if they go down a little bit, they're not going to be dropping down enough to make up for rates being in the sixes, right? It's just (laughs) wages aren't going up, right? So that's not going to happen. Um, and so for an IMB, you know, I, I think really that speaks to kind of what is the future health of the industry, right? And so how healthy do the the experts, the, the Dave Stevens of, of the industry, see the independent mortgage banks right now as, as things stand? Well, that's the other side of the coin. And there always is, right? There's the, the you know, the heads is lower rates. The tails is watch these three things. One as the banking industry suffers, a lot of the, the warehouse lines that are used to fund mortgages in the IMB market come from, you know, mid-sized regional banks that are being affected by this lending contraction pressure. So to the extent that they pull in, you know, their horns on warehouse lines, that impacts the, the IMB industry. Now, there's a lot of warehouse lenders. It it's, tends to be a pretty lucrative line for banks. So, you know, the thought was, at least from some folks I talked to, that it's not the first thing that these banks are going to contract. But, you know, it may happen on the margins and there may be some warehouse lenders that, you know, have to reassess or possibly merge. I mean, there are some warehouse lenders that are being looked at uh, in terms of their their position, their liquidity positions versus their their deposits, you know, and, and where everything's headed. Not, nothing- and to that point, Bill, I, I mean, we... We know that the warehouse lending has already been down, right? Because it's directly tied to the amount of volume that that these, you know, lenders, the IMBs are are expected to produce. You know, and nobody's going to increase their capacity if they're looking at a fifty percent decrease in origination. So, you know, it, everyone is affected. Well, and to that point, that's the other thing happening. That that's probably the well the biggest the biggest shoe to drop. The industry is still according to more than one person that that looks at this 
uh, it needs to right size yet. It's not, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, one, one guy I talked to said it needs to still shrink by half in terms of employees. Right. Um, well, that might be extreme, but it, it, it certainly is not at the right size now for the fact that we had a four, 4.2, 4.4 trillion dollar industry in 221. And, and this year we're looking at maybe bottom floor 1.3, right? I mean, it's 69% drop in, in volume and you can't have an industry that's running at even 80% of what it was. It's got to, it's got to shrink. And, and the trend has also been like, you know, the bigger players are going to get bigger and, and the smaller and midsize can't compete because you need a certain scale to really make a profit in, in you know, in the IMB space. And so, yeah, it's certainly a, a challenge. So that's, but everyone's pretty confident that'll happen. Um, you know, I think as usual, first quarter earnings are going to tell us a lot. And when people, it, it's really, really hard for somebody who start. I and this was said to me one of the the accountants that deals with some of these firms. You know, these are entrepreneurial type people that start these uh, IMBs or run them, and and uh, um, they're really invested. Many of them in them as as their whole lives, right? It's it's their life, and it's hard to give it up. It's hard to walk away from. <clears throat> so they're hanging on. They're going to hang on as long as they can. Um, but I think we are in, reaching the end of the rope there. There, there will be some bump up in, in originations if rates drop, of course, but who's going to get that business? Not everyone, you know, it's going to be the ones that are in the start. Right. It's a zero sum game. Yeah. So, so that's ahead of us yet. And then the other thing to watch out for, and apparently the regulators are looking at this, uh, you know, uh, to some degree, well, I know they are more than to some degree is uh, MSR valuations, which are really the asset on the books of the IMBs that, that you know, are the big thing. And they're, they've already sent out a, a, a memo saying that they're, they're expecting anybody with, with you know, Fannie Freddie uh, um, MSRs to get third-party independent valuations. They're not, they need that. from And most of the big firms are doing that. But right, now, they already have the, the accountants. And, the requirement. Right. But the fear is... It, it, to some degree that maybe the MSRs are overvalued, but they're, they're also kind of volatile too. And the thing to watch, is, and this is, you know, the MSRs did really well in a rising rate environment because prepayments, refis drop off drastically. And that makes the MSRs more valuable because they have longer shelf life, right? Well, the opposite happens in a falling rate environment. So, you know, we may have been up at multiples approaching four, um, at the peak of this thing, you know, a rate rise, you know, and maybe normally they're going to be two. So that's a big drop if it happens. Now, I, I haven't talked to all the MSR people yet. This is just starting and the rates haven't fallen far enough yet to really, you know, spark any kind of mini refi boom. But that is a, that is a potential uh, a danger out there too, is that the, the, the prospects for increasing value of these MSRs is, is, is not what they were. It's probably just the opposite now. And we know market. that in the market right now, there are a lot who are, who are looking to sell, right? They need to free up their cash position. And if the market's going to drop, as most people expect, you know, we're already past the peak uh, on MSR values. You're, you're, you've got a pretty limited window. And, and especially if you've been really light on cash, I know there are a lot of even publicly traded IMBs that have sold, you know, entire sections of their operations just to keep ticking. And MSRs is is really kind of the last thing they have, right? And so it's it's um it's it's a really it's really tough sledding. And so the real question will be, 
Well, the increase in mortgage business, which really everyone wants, because uh, that the origination side make up or happen fast enough to offset any potential drop in MSR values. Um, who knows? I don't know the answer to that, um, but that's something to watch. Uh, those are kind of the tensions in the industry. But on balance, you know, the, you mentioned the word contagion. Everyone told me, and they, in fact, it, uh, one of the, the banking association uh, uh, executive directors went as far to say is the IMB, IMB industry has been vindicated. Everyone was looking at the IMBs to be the big failure problem. And they, and they are consolidating. So maybe, you know, that, but they're doing it more orderly than what happened with SVB in many ways. SVB was what, the, the second largest bank failure in history. And then Signature was right behind that. Um, you know, the IMBs that have gone out of business so far, it wasn't pretty, but it didn't rattle the industry like we're seeing in the banking side so far. So, so right. And, and it hasn't led to structural questions right. either. So that's what, that's what they're, they're saying. And it, it's kind of a, a, you know, maybe a chest pounding moment, it, but everybody knows you can't stand on that perch too long because things change too fast. So you got to keep moving. Um, and, and, and I think the, the, the long short of it is that the, um, IMB industry is looking forward. There's there's light now. You know that old cliche, a light at the end of the tunnel. You just hope it ain't another train. Well, you know, it it's not. Hopefully, this time I think it really is daylight and you know something that they can run toward. But the question being, how many of them will be able to get their cost structures down to you know a, an appropriate level where they can still compete for business, right? Because a consumer doesn't care about your financial situation. You know, uh, they, they, they want good service. They want a good product. They want you to, to do your job effectively and quickly. But if you need to cut half your workforce, depending on where you are, you know, it, it speaks a lot to the operational challenges that are still ahead for most of them, the vast majority. Yeah. Yeah. There, there it's, we're not, a, I agree totally. And that is, you know, there's always a note of caution with all this optimism, but we're not out of the woods completely. And, or they, the IMB industry is not out of the woods completely. Um, and, you know, the ability to predict what's going to happen um, three months from now, you know, maybe that in the 3% environment of 221, that was, you know, fairly, you know, easy or predictable. I don't think we can look a week out and be certain now in this environment. And that's the volatility factor. Um, we still don't know if the Fed fools everybody and does another bump. I mean, the markets will be on their ears, right? So uh, it, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's all a matter of perceptions and expectations right now. But if, if the, the message I was getting, if you get your warehouse lines in order, make sure they're in order, make sure your MSRs are valued where they need to be. So your, your books are working right. So you know what you have. Um, and the industry, has to, you know, I mean, there's losers in a consolidation, but there's winners. I mean, a good consolidation of the right players makes both of them stronger in the long run. And there's always some layoffs generally around a consolidation or merger initially, but if it works, they grow and they hire back, right? And, and the market improves. They're, they're, you know, that's just the cycle, the boom and bust of this industry, unfortunately. And all of this is to say that this this is built on the idea that there isn't another, uh, you know, regulatory oversight or failure that leads to, you know, a crisis or, or some other, you know, how many people were looking into, you know, the, the rate of, you know, uninsured deposits, right, as, as a potential problem before it was a potential problem. You know, we've 
deregulated so many elements of our financial system, there could be other, you know, semi-hidden dangers out there. Yeah. I mean, one of them is the, the, the bank, the liquidity programs that the, the Fed stood up to, to help with the bank failure stems the, um, you know, the kind of the bleeding or helps to stem the worry about the bleeding of deposits. They, these banks and still, for the most part, get some liquidity, but it doesn't solve the underlying problem, which is the uh, 600 billion plus uh, real unrealized losses that are on the books of banks due to, you know, bad investment decisions. They, they put, you know, uh, although they seemed at the time relatively safe. I mean, you're buying MBS mortgage backed securities and treasuries, with deposit funds, and the, they they were paying three. Everything was paying, and the deposits were zero almost, right? No cost of funds, and you're making three percent, um, whatever, a little more maybe here and there. Well, when the rates went up, all of a sudden, all those bonds were underwater, and so all these banks are stuck with that, and they still got to work that off their books somehow. The recently yields, you know, bond yields have been dropping, which helps to to boost the. But we're not going to, I yeah, we're not going to rate rally out of this. I mean, that's what they. The, nobody thinks the banks are going to solve this problem with some kind of, um, you know, uh, bond rate bond price uh, increase that's going to solve it for them. So they, the, the, that's why the lending contraction is coming. They got to it's they got to work the stuff off their books. They got to pull in their horns, get their costs in order. Um, the smaller regional banks, and th- that's why everyone is. Not everyone, but Goldman Sachs, uh, you know, the, the, some of the bond rating agencies, the other experts I've talked to, that pretty much do believe we got a, a, a lending contraction, which will hit. I mean, the, 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 there's, there's a figure I didn't actually think was the case, uh, but these small regional banks account for, you know, in terms of mortgage lending, you know, a appreciable slice of the markets. It's, you know, around half, right? I mean, the IMBs are a little less. The IMBs have the majority, but where's the rest? It's banks. Well, if the banks are tightening up, that also on top of the the rate uh, uh, benefit, the rates dropping, you know, there's going to be some mortgage customers that don't qualify at the banks anymore that are going to be looking for loans still. And that might be more than QM stuff. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and the banks have tightened standards. Exactly. Go to, go to Wells Fargo and try to get a jumbo loan tomorrow. You know, go to go to J.P. Morgan Chase. It's it's not going to be easy. So the opportunists out there, um, in a good way, are going to benefit if they can figure out how to capture that 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 market share that's bleeding out of the banks. Um, so yeah, it's a mixed bag. But I, I, you know, I think at least from covering this, uh, I think it's the, one of the more optimistic moments we've had since. Um, you know, the rates went from the first quarter of last year and jumped three points in in a quarter and everyone got socked, you know, and, and the whole crisis, you know, the whole, I shouldn't call it a crisis, but what, whatever the volatility that we've been experiencing since uh, it, it appears to be maybe settling a little bit. There's some opportunity ahead. Well, maybe spring has sprung. And uh, as always, thank you so much for joining me, Bill. It, it has been great to catch up and, and hear hear about your excellent reporting on the IMBs, the secondary market, and uh, and really the 2023 forecast. So thanks so much for joining me. And we'll, we'll catch you next time.
We have a Slack channel at HW that publishes all the new registered users for our HW events, like the Gathering of Eagles coming up in June and Housing Wire Annual coming up in October. I was just scrolling through the Gathering of Eagles feed on Slack, and wow, I am blown away with the quality of the attendees. Leaders from Keller Williams, Better Homes and Gardens, EXP, Compass, Hannah Holdings, Remax, and Home Services been incredible ecosystem partners like Zillow, Austin Board of Realtors, New Western Acquisitions, UWM and Bright MLS, just to name a few. If you aren't familiar with GOE, this is our real estate brokerage event for the most elite brokers, teams, MLS execs, and state and local association of realtors leaders. June 18th through 21st in Austin, Texas at the amazing Omni Barton Creek Resort. Visit the events tab on realtrends.com or housingwire.com to register. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.